kids that would like to come on up and sing this last song with us.
certainly does. You may be seated. I love how the Lord takes broken things and makes something beautiful out of them. I believe we're all broken, and our Father is in the process of putting us all back together. I'm grateful for that. I'm a work in progress because of his goodness. I ask the Father this morning to bless you all in Jesus' name, that you find peace in whatever is going on in your life. We ask that the Holy Spirit just minister to you and that you allow others around you today to share with you, to lay their hands on you and to pray for you. I would ask, if I have permission, if you have a prayer need this morning, I'm not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to make you say anything. If you have a prayer need, would you stand? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe your body's sick. The pastor's standing because... He hasn't been well. For the rest of us, I want to ask that we would extend our hands, or if you're close by, to lay your hands on someone and just pray for them. Father knows what their needs are. We serve God who is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. We serve a God who is Jehovah Jireh, who's our provider, who goes before us. And he's our rear guard. He leads us and directs us. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we as your body come together, thanking you for the presence of your spirit, thanking you for the nation we live in where we're free together in Jesus' name, where we come together to worship, and a part of that time is us sharing with one another sharing our burdens, sharing our cares, and sharing our gifts. I ask you to meet every need, the physical needs and the bodies today. We particularly lift up uh, Pastor Ryan to you and ask your blessings on him. Father, add strength to him. I pray for all the needs that are in this congregation. For wayward children, brokenness in relationships, Lord. I speak life that we stand in Jesus' name against the lies that are told to us that we'll never measure up and that we're not good enough. You haven't given up on us, Lord. I ask you to meet all these needs. In your powerful name. Amen. Amen. We're going to take the offering. If I can get the ushers to come forward. Father, we ask that you would take, take the gifts that we bring to you this day and use them to further the kingdom. 
we celebrate the provision that you give to us, and we celebrate opportunities to give back to you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. brought an offering today, kids, and you want to come up and drop your offering in, the, in your giving jar, feel free to do that. It's great to have our kids in here with us. Yes, I, I'm, I'm minimizing my words today, so I didn't sing and invited Larry to pray. Um, just battle it. I, I'm just glad I don't sound like I'm talking inside of a tube or a trombone or something, because that's what it sounded like most of the week. So I'm thankful for clarity uh, this morning. A couple of announcements as we continue with our giving. Um, today after church, right up here, we're going to have a meeting for anyone who is planning on or thinking about going to Gambella, Africa, Gambella, Ethiopia this summer. If you're planning on going or interested in finding out more about it, a meeting right here, about 15 minutes, no longer than that, right after the morning service. Please plan on joining us for that. This Saturday morning is leadership training. If you are a leader in our church or you're just interested in, in gaining some more um, insight and uh, feeling more equipped uh, uh, in the areas of leadership, especially in goal setting, that's what we're going to focus on this coming Saturday. That's this Saturday morning, 9 a.m. We'll be done before noon. We would kind of like to get a general idea of how many are coming, so we got a phone number popping up here on the screen. If you could just text that number right now. You can pull your cell phones out um, and just shoot a text to Pastor Greg, just letting him know that you're coming. If you've got multiple people from your family, we just want to make sure we have the right amount of materials. We don't need an exact number, but a general idea will help us quite a bit. That's this coming Saturday morning, 9 a.m. We'll be done before noon. Shoot Greg a text real fast. Let him know that you are planning on coming. That will be very helpful. Today's the last Sunday of the month. That means it is Sermon in the Sack Day. So I do want to invite our kids one more time coming up here. I know only a few of you came up to sing, but all of you can come up and hang out with me for a couple of minutes. And I'm assuming some of oh, I see. So if you are a visitor here, let me just share with you that what we do, we invite the kids to spend the whole morning with us the last Sunday of every month. And what a sermon in the sack is, is basically uh, Lakeland has brought me a special gift today. Thank you, Lakeland. I have no idea what's in here. When I pull it out, I have the challenge of teaching a lesson with this as the object of the lesson. So, no further ado, I'm going to pull out here. Uh, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't spill this. We have eggs. 
And these are, are these eggs from your chickens? Did these come from your chickens in your backyard? All right. Look at that, guys. What in the world? This is an excellent choice. I could just stop right there and leave it at that. So what, what is an egg? Can, can one of you tell me? Okay, yes. Yeah, so if, if the mama chicken hangs out with the egg, which obviously with the, these eggs, that's not happening, these things can hatch and become babies, right? Um, I'm trying to think about what I'm going to do with this here. What, look in the Bible. Good, thank you. <laughs> Whose daughter was that? <sighs> New life. Well, we do these things at Easter, right? What do we do with these at Easter? We hide them. But what else do we do? Hide them, find them, we decorate them, right? We do all that kind of fun stuff because the eggs represent new life. What else happens at Easter? We celebrate, we definitely celebrate God. Serene, what, what, are, we, what are we celebrating? Same, same thing. What happens Easter Sunday morning? Jesus raises from the dead. These eggs represent new life, and Jesus' death and resurrection is what gives us new life. You know, we worship here today. We have a lot to celebrate. We, we sing a song, He Makes Beautiful Things Out of Dust, because we have come to experience in our lives that He pours out new life into us. He takes us from where we are and transforms us and makes us new, bringing breathing new life into us. And that, that's what the celebration of Easter is. And, and you know what? That's just a few months away, right? We're going to have an awesome time Easter weekend. But every time we see these eggs, whether it comes straight from the chicken or you grab one out of the refrigerator or at the supermarket, you can think about the fact that these things represent new life and what. Jesus wants to and does accomplish in us. I want to pray with you, okay? Bow your heads. Jesus, I thank you for our kids. And the new life that you are continually breathing into them. <clears throat> and we lift our kids up to you because we want our kids to walk with you and know you every day of their lives. Um, May they continue to experience the transformational work that you are doing in them and even and through them as we're praying this prayer now. And uh, pray for our mommies and our daddies that they will continue to create the environments that will allow our kids to continue to grow in you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys thank these kids for doing this today. Thank you, Lakeland. I'm going to send this back with you guys, okay? Take that back to your mom and daddy. Awesome. You guys can head on down.
And I want to invite us to turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. Chapter 8. Book of Acts, chapter 8. I'm going to start the reading at verse 26. We're going to read a little bit about Philip. Philip was one of the apostles, one of the followers of Jesus, who became a pretty powerful influence for the gospel. And this story right here is quite powerful and interesting. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah. So this is the Ethiopian eunuch doing this. Reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself, or is he speaking of someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. He went away rejoicing. So Philip is following the Holy Spirit as he's heading down this road, and he comes upon an Ethiopian eunuch reading scripture in a chariot. Ethiopian eunuch. Eunuch basically um, is, a, is a man that serves in a, a kingdom and is a castrated man. So they want the strength of the man, but they don't want the man messing around with the women, okay? So that's basically what a eunuch is, right? Um, and this guy is obviously a believer in God. He's been worshiping in the temple. And... Um, but he's reading through the book of Isaiah, he's reading this passage in Isaiah, and he has no idea, he has no, he's not able to comprehend what it is that he's reading. And when the Spirit comes upon Philip, Philip runs up to the chariot, 
and simply asked the eunuch, uh, do you understand what it is that you're reading? He's like, how can I? I don't, I don't know. Is the prophet talking about himself? Is he talking about someone else? And Philip does something really powerful. He takes the scripture from right where, where they're at and from there proceeds forward into explaining to the man how Jesus is the fulfillment of this passage. The last week, we spent time talking about the importance of the word and how the word cuts to the heart of who we are. Um, and, and today, I, I want us to understand that faith in Jesus is the center point of all of Scripture. If you, if you take a peek at Romans chapter 10, there's a single verse that really sums it up. Romans chapter 10, right at verse 17, and it says this. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Essentially, this is what happens to the Ethiopian eunuch in this story. Philip simply unfolds the message about Christ. He's, he's reading Old Testament scripture, but Philip is able to, with the power of the Spirit, point out how Christ has fulfilled this. Christ is the center point of all of scripture. In fact, the writer of Hebrews I think re-emphasizes this as well. If you take a peek at Hebrews chapter 11, right at verse 1, look what it says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now he's giving us a definition of the word faith with this single verse. This word, by the way, faith, the Greek word is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. The actual definition of the word is belief in Jesus Christ as Messiah. So when you see the word faith, whether you're reading it in Romans or here in Hebrews, now belief in Jesus Christ as Messiah is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But that is, that is the expression of the definition of, of what it means to walk out faith. We don't see Jesus, but we have this fundamental thing happening inside of us that causes us to believe in who he is and what he has done for us. The real shocking thing about Hebrews chapter 11, if you haven't opened up, just start scanning through the rest of the chapter. And you're going to see quite a list of names, including Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, these are names that go way, way, way back into Old Testament Scripture. And yet these people somehow found themselves inside of the definition of faith. The writer of Hebrews declares that Abraham had pistis, faith. Before Jesus even walked this earth, thousands of years before he walked the earth, somehow Abraham had faith, had confidence in what he hoped for 
and assurance about what he did not see. Now think about that for a minute. That, that's, that's really amazing when you consider what the writer of Hebrews is, make, is declaring, not just about us on this side of the cross, but all those people prior to the cross. And you can think about Abraham's story, especially that one critical moment in his life story where God has asked him to take his son Isaac and go sacrifice him unto the Lord. Abraham's response is incredible. Early the next morning, he got up, saddled the donkey, and he and Isaac took off. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. He's walking this faith out, and as they're going along the journey, Isaac turns to his father and says, So, Dad, I see we have the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Well, it's you, son. No, that wasn't Abraham's answer. Even though that's what God has spoke to Abraham, and Abraham's walking this thing out, Abraham's response is, God himself will provide. There was this fundamental confidence, this certainty inside of the heart and the mind of Abraham that somehow, because God had given him a promise, through this young man, generations and generations and, and, and many nations of people are going to come through him. So Abraham's walking this out. I know this is what the Lord told me to do, and it seems crazy to me. I don't quite, either, I don't get it. But when Isaac, who is going to be the one that gets laid upon that altar in just a matter of hours, when he turns and says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Abraham's response is, with that pistis faith, God himself will provide. Of course, the end of the story, he ties Isaac up. He's got the knife in his hand about ready to to do this thing that God has asked him to do. And the Lord says, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I can see that you have this kind of faith in me. Don't do this to the boy. Because I got promises to fulfill through him. <clears throat> and Abraham turned and looked, and sure enough, there was a sacrifice. A ram caught in the thicket of the thorns. And he made that sacrifice to the Lord. The, these are the kinds of stories that you can find in the Old Testament. These people that lived hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus walked the earth, yet somehow they had this pistis faith, this confidence, this assurance, this certainty. And the writer of Hebrews says, this is, this is the definition of faith. Writer of Romans says, Faith comes from hearing and that of the word of the Lord. Paul makes it quite clear. If you want to grow in, if you want to know what faith is, you want to understand and walk out what pistis faith is, it comes from hearing this. It comes from soaking yourself in this. And the writer of Hebrews says, 
not just New Testament, the whole of Scripture. The whole of Scripture. As you're digging into the Word, I believe the Holy Spirit can embed us with understanding about how this points straight to the message of the cross, the gospel. This is why, folks, starting next Sunday, we're just going to start doing our best to dig through all of Scripture, pulling back the microscope from the way we normally do and trying to get a grasp on the whole of Scripture that ultimately the landing point is this. This book that holds all these books inside of it is ultimately a love letter from our Creator to us. Expressing to us that there is a Savior who wasn't just born, but lived a perfect life and laid himself on a cross and became the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but was not overcome by death, but rose from a grave three days later and offers to us victory and empowerment that all of Scripture points to either our need for a Messiah or points to who Messiah is and what he has done and what he is offering us. That's the joy of digging into the Word. That pistis faith is born out of that. That is our hope. That's our hope for all of us is that we will grab onto that kind of faith and grow in it and allow the Spirit of God to do that in us through His Word. Jesus, we honor you for what you have done, not just the sacrifice that you made dying on a cross for us, but that You sent your Holy Spirit here. And just as your Holy Spirit empowered Philip, to accomplish this unique story, we just runs up to this guy. And by just hearing a short passage of Scripture, what this guy is reading, he's able to proclaim the gospel, baptize this guy. That is the result of a pistis faith inside of Philip. That's the result of Philip knowing and understanding your word which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word, which is like a double-edged sword and it penetrates to the core of who we are, judging thoughts and attitudes of our heart. It's, it's the kind of faith that we can see in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Joseph, Moses, and more. This is the kind of faith that we see in the apostles and those who, be, who come to believe in you because of the message of the apostles. What's the kind of faith that we see in this place today? A, an assurance, a confidence, and a certainty in, in, in things that are, that are unseen. But yet, may, though we don't see it with our own eyes, we see the effects of who you are and what you are accomplishing. Your healing power at work in us. Your forgiveness at work in us. Your, your transformational work at work in us. Your grace and your mercy. <coughs> and your relentless love. So we make the choice to dig. We're going to dig deeply. We're going to dig in such a way that we want to open up our hearts and our minds to all that you want to show us. We, we, we open ourselves up and, and we just get ourselves into a receiving mode. Receiving whatever it is that you have to say to us, even through us. Over these next months, we honor you in all things. We live our lives for you. And it's in Christ's mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Stand with me. We're going to say a blessing over us. But before I do, I just want to remind everyone, if, if you're planning on doing the Gambella Ethiopia trip, if you'll just come right up here, join me for a quick meeting right after this, that would be terrific. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, be gracious to you. May he fill you with his spirit and his word this week. Have an amazing one. See you next Sunday.